What's up, Chaos Friends? Welcome to the Chaos Alchemist Podcast with your awesomely chaotic hosts, Jessa and Ashley. Here we talk about all things taboo and unsaid, from how we are dealing with leaving our childhood religion, mental health, energy healing, how to unleash your inner badass, and all the magical woo-woo in between. Our goal is to create an inclusive space for anybody who is looking to transform their shadow spaces into light, as we teach you tools and talk about ideas that we've gathered over the last few years to let loose the unbelievably exceptional human that you are. Enjoy the show. What's up, alchemists? This is Jessa. Hey, guys. It's Ashley. And we're here um, for another week, and we're so excited to be here. Um, We wanted to start off tonight with a couple of um, kind of just like messages, reviews, things that we've gotten because doing this podcast is super hard, you know? Ashley and I both, it's really hard to put ourselves out there and to um, be this vulnerable and this open because we, we know that it causes waves. And um, we've both received some messages and feedback this week that I know for me have been so like validating and honestly, like I'm not a crier, but every single one I've gotten like Colton will just look over at me and he's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I got a message. <laughs> like, this is, this is it why. It just I'm- gives us a little bit of a boost to know that what we're doing is actually helping. Yeah. And if, you know, if we want to keep going with this, we want to hear from you. Totally. Yeah. So if this, if this is hitting home for you, if this, um, you know, if, if you're liking what you're hearing, then please, please, please let us know because it is, it keeps us going. So, um, okay, I'll start with this one. Um, hey, Jessa, thanks for posting about your podcast. I so needed it. I relate to so much of what you and Ashley are talking about, and I'm only like 10 minutes in. Um, another one. Just started your podcast. Love it. Thanks for being brave. I've had a lot of similar conversations. I'm so grateful for like-minded people around me. Thank you so much for putting yourself out there. Um, another one is, um, I love y'all's podcast. I just listened to your second one. I'm going through it. I feel so lost. I hate going through the faith, faith crisis. Um, everyone automatically assumes that because you leave, you're sinning. And um, they think that you're not praying or not trying. Even family turns on you at panic attacks all over all of this. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to let you know, I'm glad you guys started this. Um, I love listening and not feeling alone. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, so obviously, you know, there's different stages of uh, the faith crisis and of processing and everything. And um, yeah, I just think moments like that or or why we're doing it you know that's exactly why we're doing it because like we've mentioned before we don't want you guys to feel like you're alone in this Uh, there's other people that have been through it and are currently going through it and there's no sense in doing it alone because it's it's not very fun to do that (laughs) 
know it's so hard so yeah so we yeah we'll keep showing up and we love it when you guys do the same all right should we pull a card what's the intention what do we need to hear right now okay what does the universe want us to know okay answer the call what is your soul calling you to do um it puts the ball back right into our court <laughs> yep cool thanks thanks universe obviously we're doing what our soul is calling us um okay i'm gonna read the the, the passage real quick okay your guidance is divinely guided. You are being called to answer the call of your soul. It might be scary. It might not make sense. But if you trust your soul's yearnings, you will live a life beyond what your mind could possibly imagine. Answering your soul's calling is not a one-time thing, rather a lifelong dance. Deep down, you already know what you long for, what your soul yearns for. Whatever you are called to do, this is your calling. Don't overthink it. Don't wait for permission. Just say yes. Most people are waiting for a step-by-step -step plan before they take the first step. But intuition doesn't work like that. It takes faith and courage to answer the calls of your soul. That's why most people don't do it. But you are not most people. You are in exactly the right place to answer your calling now. You don't need to know the whole plan. You don't even need to know where it's leading. You just need to take the next step. No one has ever had the complete perfect plan. And there is no end destination. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And you do not need permission from anyone else. Sometimes the more resistance we have around answering a soul calling, the more important it is to our soul's growth. Well, that one's really perfect. <laughs> I, <laughs> that one's really good. Um, I really like how it says that we already have all the answers. We already know deep down what we need to do, and we just need to do it. And that's the hardest step. But once you get going, like that first little baby step's the hardest. But once you you know, show up and start going, then it's like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. I can do it another another step and another step. And so I think when you're on track too, like I know for you and I with this whole thing, it's like we took like a baby step and it's like the energy is just like pushing us. Like we're both, you know, kind of riding it and we're still kind of getting used to like how fast the momentum is going because I feel like it is so aligned and and this is for such a purpose you know so and that's what happens when you are in the flow is things are just going they just happen and they just you don't really have to think about it like that card said um you just really need to show the universe that you are ready for the next step and like you you don't have to worry about the how the how comes to you and just like you said, it, as long as we're here showing up, even if it's late at night, we'll do it because this is what it's calling to us and this is where we feel like we need to be. And I feel like it's where I need to be. Yeah. 100%. So thanks for being here and showing up with me, Jessa. 100% girl, right here with you. Awesome. Uh, how about a question I yeah. get to know your question yeah okay what quirks do you have 
<laughs> oh man. Um, do you want to go first? I'm. Mm. Yeah, I can't you think about it. I had asked my husband for some because it would take me forever to think of something. But he, the first one that he mentioned was I. I actually get angry when people tickle me. <laughs> Dude, like, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> it's not very enjoyable for me. I guess I have to be in the right mode, but that's kind of quirky. Another one that I have is when I get in like a laughing fit, I start to snort and there's really nothing I can do about it. It gets, it's just a little embarrassing sometimes, but I'm okay with it. And there is one more and I can't really think of it right now, but I think that's embarrassing enough, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, I was going to ask Colton too, but he's in with Brody. So I can't ask him. Um, because I know that he would have a list like 10 miles long. I think one right. thing is like, obviously the cereal thing. That's always like, that's weird. Um, I don't <laughs> like chocolate at all. Like nothing. I don't like chocolate. You don't like chocolate? Um, no. Yeah, sometimes. Huh? Um, uh, another thing is like the volume on things really stresses me out. Like it has to be a five, a 10, a 15, 20. It's like, I will, I will deal with it being too low or too high rather as long as it rather than have it like on an in-between, you know what I mean? Like back in Uh the old days when it used to say volume, like on the Sony TVs or whatever, like it had to line up at the end of it. And if it didn't, (laughs) I couldn't, like, I just... I would be like, I have to leave the room and you can put it on something. But if I see it and I know it's not on something even, drives me bonkers. That's funny. Yeah. That so. that reminds me of another one that I have. I have to do things in sequence. Like I can't skip a step to go to another step. Like I have to, like even books mm-hmm. or TV shows, my husband likes to skip around yeah. to different episodes. Yeah. within a series and I'm like no 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 we have to start at the very beginning <laughs> and <laughs> we have to watch them in sequence even if it doesn't matter but that's awesome kind of talked before but we didn't really talk about what we were going to do we kind of decided today that we would just both bring something to talk about um and kind of go with it so I decided um, I wanted to talk about the backfire effect because I think that it's like so fascinating. And, um, you know, I think some people have heard about it. Some people haven't, but it, especially when you're going through a faith crisis. um, But even, even, even not with that, even if it's politics or it's, um, you know, like vaccinations or it's, it, it doesn't matter what it is when you have a belief around something um, the backfire effect can, can play into it. And so I think understanding it is so beneficial, um, you know, for, for you to, to understand other people, but also to recognize it when it's happening to you, because the way that we are, like our human mind is set up, we don't know when it's happening, you know? So for me, learning about this has been such a game changer because 
um, when I hear things and I take in information, I, it's like always on my mind. Um, and when we get to the end, I'm, I'm going to ask you, remind me if I don't ask you, but I'm curious to see how you um, feel like you process information now, like how, how you believe things. Okay. So if I don't say it, remind well, me. Because I don't know anything about this. So I'm really interested to hear what okay. you have to say about it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So before I, I want to put my sources out there because, um, you know, I did, I, I listened to, um, you are not so smart podcast and they did like three episodes a few years ago. And then in 2019, they did a fourth episode on it, um, because some more research came out. So I've listened to that. Um, some of my sources were the oatmeal.com, um, effectiveology.com. And then I have the book mistakes were made, but not by me. Why we justify foolish beliefs, bad decisions and hurtful acts. And it's a good book. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, but that's where I gathered my information. So, okay. So basically what the backfire effect is, is, um, it's a cognitive bias that it causes people to, that when we encounter evidence, that challenges our belief that we automatically reject it. And um, then we actually strengthen our stance on what we originally believed. So instead of, even if it's a factual thing coming, you know, factual information, if it contradicts our belief, like our brain can't handle it. It's like, no way, you know, and it, and it immediately mm -hmm. rejects it without even considering it. And it strengthens our belief in our first, our, you know, prior belief. Um, so basically it just means that like, it proves that the backfire effect means that showing people evidence, which proves they're wrong is often ineffective and it can actually end up backfiring, causing them to support their original stance more strongly than it previously did. Um, it's a subtype of confirmation bias. And um, how about this? Okay, I'm gonna, instead, I'm gonna give some examples so I can kind of explain it, okay? Examples are voting. Um, if you hear negative info about your preferred candidate, people are actually led to increase their support of, of the candidate, even if they're hearing negative information about them. Um, there's misconceptions about political topics. Like if you give people accurate information about a political topic, um, people still believed their misconceptions, even if it was proven false, they believed in it stronger. Um, vaccinations, they did a whole study on, on this with vaccinations and they gave parents who are against vaccinations information showing why vaccinations are the best course of action. Um, but the parents still were more likely to believe in a link between autism and vaccination, which wherever you stand on that, because I know it's such a hot topic, either way, it's, it's not about what's right and what's wrong. Like, I'm not saying, you know, one or the other. I'm saying that like, this was the study that they did and this was, you know, the information presented to these people. Um, but, but the fact is, it's like, it doesn't matter where you stand. If it's, you know, no matter what it is. Um, the flu vaccine was another one. They gave people who think that the vaccine is unsafe information, disproving, disproving 
um, myths, myths on the topic and they ended up with the reduced infant um, intent to vaccinate. So I thought that was kind of, mm. I don't know, it just, it, like. They're all really interesting. Like, and it's funny because all of the, you know, all of the subjects that you're bringing up, like they're like major hot topics. It's not like totally. something that you can kind of wiggle around mm-hmm. in with your opinion. You're either for it or against it. Mm-hmm. And it's, at that point, it's really hard to sway someone. Like you have to have some pretty compelling evidence. And then you're saying, even if you do have factual evidence that backs that up, people yeah. still right. originally so, believe what they believe. Yeah, even stronger. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm, so basically what happens is biologically, like the way that we're built the part of our brain that reacts to a physical threat, they've done like CT scans and the same part of our brain lights up when it's an intellectual attack or an intellectual threat. So our bodies can't tell the difference between an intellectual threat or physical threat. So in that, in that part of the brain is called the amygdala and it's like the emotional core of your mind. So like that, that's kind of like what makes us human is that we have that emotional aspect, but it's so much of the animal instinct as well, where it's like, wait, I'm being threatened. This isn't good. Like this is my safety. My comfort is being threatened and we react the same. Um, what happens is, especially if it's a core belief, um, which is, which if it's a core belief, it means that we, we cherish that information more deeply. Usually it comes from childhood or it's compounded by um, like a whole bunch of life experiences and things proving to yourself why you believe these things. Um, Usually we're really inflexible about it, rigid. We're really sensitive about it being challenged um, because your brain loves consistency and it wants to be comfortable. Um, they had an example where they had a house and it's like, you have the foundation and the frame of the house, you have the windows and the doors and everything like fits together. But if a new piece of information comes in and it tries to like wedge in, it like breaks the foundation and it crumbles. So your brain protects you by rejecting it completely. It's like, nope, my house is good. I'm sturdy where I am. Like, I don't need, I don't need your piece, you know? Um, and then what happens is because it doesn't want any more information, it like builds a moat and it puts up a fence and it, it becomes even more resistant to anything coming in. So, um, that's, that's what it is. But the thing is, is like your house, your information, as you're growing and learning, you're meant to grow, you're meant to learn, you're meant to evolve and your house isn't supposed to last forever. Um, so how, how do we, how do we stop ourselves from falling prey to it? Um, which really we can't because the thing is, is we, we can't tell when it's happening to us. Like that's the thing. So we can kind of be more aware of it. Um, but like our, our mind can't separate the emotional cortex from the logical one. So so, yeah, um, one, of, one of the guys says that 
Sometimes he pretends that the amygdala of his brain is in his pinky toe. And when a core belief is challenged, I imagine it yelling insane things at me. He's like, I let it yell, have its moment, you know, let the emotional cortex fight its fight. And then I listen and then I change. Um, basically like the world is what we're experiencing, the human experience. It's, it's all beautiful and we're all in it together. Um, and we're all going the same direction. And Ashley, like you and I both, you know, we're not telling anybody where to go or what to believe. That's, that's up to you. Um, and it should be that way, but it is okay to stop and to listen and it is okay to change. And it's not. That's, yeah, absolutely. I, I am just, I'm just trying to like soak all this in because it's new information, but yet like, it's not just because I can recognize the times where I've been in situations where I've gotten really heated mm -hmm. because somebody has said something that I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? That's yeah. not, that's not in my nice, neat little package here. Yeah. And, you know, I think over time, like the more you hear things and the more that you kind of start to allow that, you know, like you said, that pinky toe to kind of get out all of its, whatever it's trying to say, I guess, but um, to start to soften mm -hmm. that and to allow that information to maybe just sink in a little bit deeper. Right. And, and, and not that you have to agree with it, but just to even just allow it to, to be. Right. I think, I think especially, so for example, like going through my faith crisis, it's like, there are so many times when I've gotten caught in a trap of, I've learned so much. And I, I, I know so much more of a, than I did before. Right. And so I get stuck in these places of like, well, what about this and this and this, and did you know this? And did you know this and all that? Right. But what happens is, is people automatically see it as like negative or it's a threat. And so it's like, it doesn't even process. It doesn't even come to them. So when I was looking this up, it's like, okay, well, how do we talk to people about differing opinions and ideas and beliefs? Because if we don't talk about it, if we don't share it, like it's never going to get the same patterns are going to keep happening. Right. And that's what we're doing is mm -hmm. we're trying to like wake up a little bit and help other people wake up too. Um, it, and not just religiously, obviously, but in different ways. So when I was researching it, it said, um, some of the ways to, to, to do it is you increase their awareness of the bias. You use simpler explanations. You don't make it complicated. Um, and then you change the way you present the information. So it gave an example is they did a federal, welfare program, like they did the study and they said that the majority of people were super misinformed about the scope of the, the programs. And actually the people that knew the least about it were the most confident in their knowledge. So presenting facts doesn't change people's mind, but when they changed the way they presented it, what they did is they said, okay, they asked them questions first. Okay guess the percentage of the national budget that is allotted to welfare. And then what percent of the budget do you believe should be spent on welfare? So when you do that, when you pose these questions to them, back to back the information, um, 
the, particip the participants had to contrast their perception of reality with the preferred, with what was actually being spent and what, you know, percentage it was. So when you're, when you're in that situation, like you have to process the fact that not only is it like totally off, it's actually lower than what they thought. Um, and that the budget was actually lower, like the percent was lower than what they thought should be allocated to welfare. So it, it, obviously like we think that that would happen naturally. We think that we would hear information and be like, you know, okay, is this, is this right? But it's like, even if you would have agreed with it, depending on who it comes from and how it comes to you, your mind automatically will, will decide if they, if it wants to accept it or not, it won't, it, you won't actually process it um, like in an unbiased way. So that's something mm -hmm. for us that we can do is to be aware of its effect. Don't ignore contradictory information. Like you don't have to believe it, but just look at it and don't compare it to your belief. Because when you do that, what happens is that you're hearing one thing, you hear one bit of information, and then you have all of your information in your head and you're comparing it to that one. And so in your mind, it's like we have this entire thing of knowledge that we know that what we believe is true. So this one piece is coming in and it's easy to combat it, right? But mm -hmm. if you can look at every single thing that comes to you individually, then we can start to see like, okay, what's the sources? Like, where is this coming from? You know, instead of, is this just something that is, um, you know, that's, it's just like not valid. Um, so after that, like that's, that's the end. Like that's what leads me to the question of, I was talking to my sister yesterday and we had this like two hour conversation and she was telling me, you know, she has, she is very informed and very research-based and, um, you know, has like valid sources for everything. And I kept saying, but like, how do you know it's valid? Like, how do you know that? You know? And she's like, well, because it's, because, you know, they, it's like proven science, it's proven sources, whatever. And it's like, because I went through my faith crisis, it's like, I don't, think that ever again in my whole entire life, I'm ever going to be a hundred percent sure or a hundred percent trusting in anything. And like, I don't know if that is unhealthy, but I, I really don't know if I will ever be at a place where I can fully trust anything or anyone because I already did that. Like I believed mm -hmm. wholeheartedly 100% what I was being told because I trusted the sources. Then when I found out differently, it's like that part of me, I, do, I really don't think it's ever going to, you know, politically, scientifically, whatever. It's like, yeah, you can tell me that this is scientifically proven, but it's like at one point we all thought the world was flat and, and now we know it's not, but how much do we not know? You know, like, how can you really be right. sure? I, I, yeah. So I'm interested to see like what you think about that. I was just thinking when you were talking about going through your faith crisis mm -hmm. like the things that you believe 100 percent, at least for me mm -hmm. there are many things that and I don't know if this has anything to do with um the backfire effect but for me like there was just certain things that never resonated mm -hmm. and it's 
not that I wholeheartedly accepted them, but like they're just in the back of my mind being like, just kind of bugging me that this, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't resonate with me. And so when I hear something that resonates with me and it feels true mm-hmm. for me, it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can hold on to that, but mm-hmm. it's not like I'm gripping it so tightly. It's almost like, okay, I can hold it, but I can also just as easily let it go and it really isn't going to bother me. I feel like I'm a lot more fluid with the things that I trust and the things that I believe. And it's more of like, kind of like this ebb and flow, like, yeah, maybe this resonates a little bit more with me today than it did yesterday. Or for me, nothing is absolute. Mm -hmm. And we ask ourselves the question all the time, what is truth? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. because things are in a constant state of change, it's Mm -hmm. hard to just have one thing stay, you know, absolutely true for the rest of eternity. And then, you know, there's, there's certain things that yes, that, that applies to, but if you're working more on like an emotional Mm -hmm. or spiritual or even mental uh, state like that is so it there's so many variables that come into play that it's like just learning that it, it, you can change your mind at any point for me like that makes more sense than i don't know <laughs> i think i think not being stuck in not saying like i 100 percent agree with this and like it's immovable I will never be in that place. The thing is, is so she said, like she brought up an example. She's like, well, there are some things that are just true and not true. And I was like, but how do you know? She goes, well, like evolution. She goes, it's proven. Like we can see it. We can see the pattern. So that was like, okay, yes, I get that. Things in the past, we can look back at and say, is that truth or not truth? Right. That's how mm-hmm. my faith crisis, like that's how I, how I processed my information. It's like, okay, I can't trust myself and what I'm feeling in this moment because what I feel, it isn't, it's a human body. It doesn't know, like, I I can't trust myself right now because I, I don't know my own authority. I don't know what is truth, what is not. That's something I had to learn. So, so looking back, I can see what's truth and what's not. But when I'm in it, when I'm experiencing it, if I'm, if I'm in the, when I'm in life, like whatever stage I'm in, I don't think I'll ever be able to fully commit to like this and I will never change. You know what I mean? I think I'm Mm -hmm. always going to be open to more information, more ideas, more of something else and say like, yeah, like we'll see where we go. Like right now, today, this is where I'm at. And this is what I believe. I'm not saying I will never go here or go there because I don't know. And that's the same with other people. Like, I don't expect that from anybody else either. You know, don't leave, don't stay, don't go, don't whatever, because we're all in a different place, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and, and understanding that, that like, there doesn't have to be absolutes, you know? Right. And I think that is really important to at least acknowledge because I would have never, ever, 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 
pictured myself leaving and stepping away. Like I would have never, like I, the thought was just like appalling, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just even a couple years ago. And now I'm such in a different space that I just like, now I'm much more open and moving forward. Like I'm never going to say never again, just because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't know what's going to change to, you know, make my beliefs change. And so I mean, they talk about having a open heart, but I don't think we really understand what that means until that is tested mm-hmm. to the full extent. Right. And I think to that point, it's like when I am only in like a human physical mindset, that is easier to have absolutes, but I'm not there anymore like so much of what I have experienced and am experiencing is so much more spiritual that like science hasn't proven or can't prove. So it's like, I know that, and like, I don't, I don't want to seem naive because I know that some people will view it that way that, you know, what I, what I am into or what I'm currently like, quote unquote, not believing, but like experimenting with, you know, maybe it's pseudoscience, you know, what, and, and I, and I get that, but I'm okay with that. Like, if you don't think it's valid, that's okay. But for me, like this brings so much, like I see so much truth in this and I'm okay if I'm wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I right. think other people, like it's, it's okay to give them that space too. Like, even if I don't agree that, you know, what you are believing, like, I think I have proof that that's wrong or that that's not valid, but it's like, who am I to say that? Like for them in their life, their path, whatever they're doing, that could be the best thing for them and for their spiritual evolution, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not my job to convince you of what I believe. No. And for the first time in my life, I am so confident in, and being okay with, I don't know. And I'm okay with saying that, you know, what, and still, I I don't even know what I believe quite yet, because like you said, I'm still in the experimentation Mm -hmm. realm where I'm still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm only concerned about what works best for me instead of like, what's going to be okay for me, like with, for people looking in, watching me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not my job to defend my beliefs to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you, and you don't, you don't need to, you don't have to. Um, I actually had some. Well, just even knowing that is huge, at least for me. It was like, oh, I don't, I don't have to. I, you don't, you don't owe anybody an explanation. I don't. You don't that's exactly anybody, yeah. anything. But it's hard when you grow up in in a with the belief that everything is about community and family, and it's so much of it is selfless, and it's not about you; it's about us. And there is there's beauty in that, but you also get to a point where it's like you have to you have to be emotionally and, and spiritually healthy for yourself as well. And if you don't feel that, then it's okay to take care of yourself and, you know, 
do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that or do you want to? Um, I really, I really enjoyed listening to that explanation. I've never heard that before and a lot of it made sense. And I feel like moving forward, I'm going to be a little bit more aware of where I'm a little bit more staunchy in like certain core beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I think the key that you're, you're pointing out here is just getting to a point where you can observe yeah. what you're hearing and just absorbing it, whether you, you know, take it or leave it is irrelevant. It's just more about being an observer versus an attack dog. I'm going to be like, no, I might be wrong. And I think that's something that we all need to start to be aware of is there really is no right or wrong. As much as we were told that there is really no good or bad. Mm -hmm. So much has changed over the last several decades that that mentality don't, and it doesn't work anymore. And it's no longer helping. And I mean, when you eliminate the idea of being right, wow, that that opens up a lot more conversation as far as, um, at least for me and my relationship with my husband. Gosh dang it. It took me a really long time to realize I'd rather not be right I'd rather you know listen I would I'd rather communicate with him how I'm feeling and then him reciprocate how he's feeling so that we can get a basis of what's really happening instead of my perspective versus his perspective and me attacking his Mm -hmm. trying to convince him that my perspective was the best one that doesn't work very well especially in a marriage right peace is more important than being right but if you still are in a black and white state of mind, like that, that you have, that there is right and wrong, then it's hard to accept that. And it's hard to truly listen and be open to somebody else. But the thing is, is that every single yeah. person, every single person thinks that they are right. That other people, there's a, there's another effect called the Dunning Kruger effect. And I'm not going to go into that one. You can Google it, but um, it's just that like people, People, even like if they are incompetent or they are uneducated about something, nobody thinks that they are. Everybody thinks that they are right. Everybody thinks that their perspective is the most valid and the most real and the most like thought out. And but everybody thinks that. No one thinks like, uh, well, except I, I mean, you get to a place like right now, the place that I'm at. I'm like, I don't know anything. Like I know nothing because every time I think I know something, I'm wrong and I learn something else that contradicts it. So I think you get to a place where it's more like that, but, um, but yeah, you, you just have to, like you said, be in a place where it's like coming together and hearing each other and not just talking at each other, but really listening to each other and hearing it. Then that's where like the peace comes in, you know? That's where you're in a space to allow love to happen. And I would much rather have love um, be there than 
it, life is just too short to be so angry and to hold grudges and to be, you know, want to be right all the time. It really is. And you're no fun to be around if you're like that. I know I was like that. So I know I wasn't very fun for a little bit. Bless my husband for staying with me this long. Because <laughs> gosh dang it, I'm stubborn. There's nothing more than I love to be like, I'm right, you're wrong. Suck it. Right. Which, you know, it happens on occasion. But it's more out of fun than... Totally. So, okay. So what I wanted to do... I wanted to uh, bring in the alchemy part of it, of our chaos. And I was listening to a YouTube by Lori Ladd. And she's a sweet little gem that I just happened to stumble upon. And I really love the way that she explains things. And she talks about like, kind of like what the energy is doing at the time. And I really feel like as for me, I'm super um, empathic. I'm also a highly sensitive person. So the the slightest twitch in the air I can feel and sometimes it just gets to be to the point where it is really heavy and it just bogs me down. And that's where I've been the last two weeks. And if anybody is resonating with that, these tips are definitely for you because as soon as I read through them, I'm like, this would have been nice to have like two weeks ago and I wouldn't have been so dumpy but on the flip side it's exactly where I'm to be so here we are so um like I was saying we're sitting in a lot of dense energy right now there's a lot of changes going on um as far as society is going um on a global scale which has never happened before and um so I've got some tips to kind of help you um, get through these next, well, I've, your, your astrology buff, the next three months are supposed to be pretty wild. It's like, there's a lot of stuff that's happening astrologically that I hope you all (laughs) hang on to your butts for this because we're in for a wild ride, whatever, whatever that means. Whatever's coming, it's not going to calm down. Like things are ramping for you that are holding on that things are going to go back to normal, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but nothing, nothing in our world is going to be the same. And that's no. both very scary, but also very, very exciting because so many new changes are coming up that I'm really trying my damnedest to look at them in a more positive light instead of like, oh my gosh, doom and gloom. But it's really an exciting time to be alive. And you've got to remember that you chose to be here. So if there's anybody cursing that you're alive right now, it's your own damn fault. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) these are all tips that you can do yourself. They are free. You don't have to look outside yourself to um, figure out or it's all within you. So are you ready? Totally. Okay. So the first thing that everybody should be doing is meditating every single morning. First thing that you do when you wake up. I've been doing it myself for the last 10 days. And I'm noticing that certain situations that happen, especially with lovely children who I've spent the last 
six months with every single day with. Whoa, I, I feel like, like we've talked about, I can step back and observe what's happening instead of reacting to it. And that changes everything. So first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning, take five minutes, take, you know, and build up to 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, if you need any uh, tips on meditating, I've got a highlight reel on my Instagram page that kind of goes through all of that. Number two is allow wherever you are at the moment to be. Right now, where are you? Ask yourself, you know, are you in like a heavier space? Are you in a lighter space? Wherever you are, don't wish that you were, uh, you know, oh, I wish I was vibing higher or wish I was like raising my frequency so that, you know, I don't have to be in such a low vibe. It is okay to be in a low vibe Mm -hmm. and just allow that to be which is not easy because you're always thinking the grass needs to be a lot greener and that you need to be you know on letter z when you're clear back on letter a like it's okay to just sit in that low vibe number three is to feel it allow yourself the compassion to just be in that moment and feel whatever emotion that you're feeling emotions are energy in motion and when we stuff that emotion in our body that's where you're going to get diseases that's where you're going to get illnesses that is where you get stuck and you we don't want that we don't want that we want it to flow and be free and really all it takes I, I, what was it? I think it was a YouTube. I don't remember the source. I wish I did, but she worded it so beautifully that our emotions, our feelings are like waves. And as the wave comes up, you know, it's really intense and you just got to hold onto that and just ride the wave. And then it's going to come down again and then it's going to come up. And then it's go down. And every single time, it's going to get less and less intense. And you're able to just ride that wave out all the way onto the shore. And then it's like, it will dissipate and it will be gone. And I wrote down something that I kind of picked up that I, I really, really loved. It says, feeling feelings is healing. And healing is a return to love. Mm -hmm. so I kind of like that because and we'll get into it in another podcast on like frequencies and where love is on frequencies um Mm -hmm. I find that so fascinating but we'll talk about that later I love love that that makes me excited so when you feel something just remember to ride the wave just think of it as a big wave and you're just letting it run its course because you wouldn't you know go down to the ocean and like put up a big wall where you know these big waves are crashing like that's just going to create more resistance Mm -hmm. all right uh number four is remember that it will pass you won't feel that way forever 
Number five is listen to your body. This one we do not do enough as humans because we are always looking to distract ourselves from feeling things. And um, right now, at least for me, I'm in this really weird mode where like I get really hungry at night and I just want to eat all the things at night. And during the day, I don't want to eat hardly anything. Like it's been really, really weird. Um, and I kind of fluctuate between wanting salads and chocolate. So <laughs> whatever your body wants, just just allow it and be okay with it. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I only want is cupcakes. You know what? Have a cupcake. You don't need to have 40 cupcakes. You know, just allow yourself a little bit to kind of give your body some grace. Um, but you got to realize that right now, well, as when you're here on this earth, you are a higher consciousness in a body. Mm-hmm. You are not a body. And I think that especially growing up, I was always told, you know, I was a human, which yes, I am, but I'm also much more than a human. I, you know, I have a spirit, I have a soul, I have a higher consciousness and that's, that's who I am. That's who I am um, originally. And this, the body that I have, it's just a suit. It's just a uniform. And right now our bodies are getting upgraded and we need uh, space and time for our bodies to like start ascending into a higher consciousness. And you may not know all of that, what that means, um, but we'll talk about more of what that is, but that is where we we're moving to in our, on this earth planet that we're on, that we're moving into a higher consciousness. Um, let's see. I wrote these all down. So pardon my reading. There's um, my favorite, my very favorite quote of all time is um, C.S. I think it's yeah, C.S. Lewis, um, and it and it says, "You don't have a soul; you are a soul. You have a body." Yes, I've read that one before, and I love, I love, love, love that. Yeah, so that just that just reminded me of that. It's true, um, and it's hard to remember that you're just a body, or no, that you have a body and that you are a soul, because this planet is super dense. It's a, it's a 3D planet, and the whole idea of what we're going through right now is ascending into a higher realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever that may mean for you personally, but um, I wrote down here, uh, raising your vibes is good and all, but it makes sense to let the vobis do its thing. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself into a hamster wheel cycle, going nowhere fast. Don't control it. Don't resist it. Surrender and allow to be. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And this is, this is why we're here. We are here to change the dark into the light. Mm-hmm. Love that. So those are my, what was that, five tips on riding this crazy 2020 train? Right. I think that, first of all, one of the things I was thinking about is when you were talking about meditation, how how people, um, like I remember in 
in, you know, when I was really, really active, um, praying, when I prayed more, like it was so much more, like I was, I always felt so much better, right? And I was more mm-hmm. in tune with things, but I realize now that, yeah, prayer, yeah, prayer is great, but prayer is a form of meditation. It's a time when you're mm-hmm. still, when you're not being stimulated by other things. It's when you're consciously, you're you're in gratitude and you're thinking about what you're grateful for and you're thinking about what needs to, you know, what needs to happen and um, sitting with your thoughts. And it's like w- when you're truly praying, that is meditation. So I think sometimes people who, you know, who, who meditation seems like weird or it's like, oh, I can't, I can't do that or I can't sit still. And it's like, I get that. That's how I was too. I, I, you know, I still have a hard time meditating um, in silence. Like, you know, I still love guided meditations because I can't do it for too long. I'm getting better, but it's a practice. Like there's a reason they say practice meditation. Um, But if you think that you can't, or you think it seems too woo woo, if you pray, that is meditation you know? Mm-hmm. So. I was told that it's that space between where you say what you're grateful for. And then you wait for like, kind of like that, a feeling or an answer or a prompt. It's kind of like that in between stage mm-hmm. before you close your prayer. Yeah. And I had several experiences. I remember when I would like really, <laughs> really be in intense prayer where that space was just so it was so zen like that sounds Mm -hmm. really cheesy but it really is just like whoa this is a really really cool space to be in and I don't get to do it as often like as long as I'd like to some mornings but I at least try to at least do it as a habit so right and I think doing that with your kids that's something that um, when I'm, when I'm more structured and I do it with my kids, like such a seven year old, it's like he, he wants to, you know, he, he notices the difference. And when I am not doing it, I'll be like, mom, can we just go meditate? You know, can we go? And that sounds so cheesy, but like, it's not, you know, we have, you know, we'll even go out back and we'll say, I'm like, okay, let's do it for five minutes today. And then we'll like, see if we can get up to 10 and, you know, how long can we be still and silent and not get distracted by things? And if thoughts come, don't be like, Oh no, I can't think. I can't think. It's like, you just acknowledge it and say like, okay, you know, there's a thought and acknowledge it and then let it go. You know, don't, don't you, you're still human. You still have a brain. You're still, you can't control what's coming, but just accepting it and then teaching that to your kids. Or um, I just think that's super I feel like that's so helpful to learn at a young age than trying to it learn really it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I, can we just say all this would have been easier if we would have known it like mm. 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remind me. One thing was... that. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, one of the things that I've been practicing is when a thought comes up, I put it in a bubble and I just let <gasps> the bubble and it's just like it's just kind of calming too because it's like I don't have to hang on to it and I I can just let it rise up and if it needs to come back down it will come to me and I just let it be I love that so much 
have you ever heard of doing that with your thoughts or like you put things away if something's bothering you or something's like stressing you out have you like heard of that like you box it up and you it's like you imagine the thought and then you imagine putting it in a box and then you imagine like a shelf or something and then you put the <laughs> box on a shelf i i didn't learn that i learned that in the last year sometime and i cannot believe how successful that like it seems so great like it just doesn't seem like it's it can really help but it really does it's like when i have a thought that i can't stop it's like okay i'm putting it in the box i'm putting it on the shelf and i can come back to it when i'm ready to like deal with this but right now i'm dealing with this one and you put them away and it's like you literally when you when you go back to think about it it's like you can still picture that same box and grabbing it and like opening it and it's yeah it's our minds are crazy like it's so cool they they are amazing like my cells are full <laughs> i do i try to do that before i go to bed because usually my brain is just like it's still firing like a million mm-hmm. you know neurons a second it's just there's just so much information that i'm trying to unload but it's just like okay let me just take a moment package these all up in nice neat little boxes here they go on the shelf so because i don't have to hold on to them anymore just right we need to do we need to do like a human design episode and i we need to go over your chart again um and go over like some of that stuff because i feel like i've learned more since you know since we did our reading last year um in in how to like energetically and i'm sure you do too like have have things that that okay here you know here's the information but then how do you um either support it or, you know, like, just like understand it better, but then also like energetically heal by knowing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I would love like, to hear more about that. Any, anything that will, will help <laughs> try to straighten out all these crazy wires that are in my brain. Yeah. So we're all here for, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to say one more thing about meditation. Um, normally, don't call us bad parents, but sometimes we give our mel- our kids melatonin to help them sleep at night. My girls could stay up all night, and they wouldn't even bat an eye that it was crazy. But they they don't stop. And we ran out last night. I took the last one last night because I was so – I haven't been sleeping. My sleep has just been so off lately. But – she came down, my oldest came down this, tonight because we were out. She's like, can I have a meditation? And one of my favorite uh, apps is the Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. And she just goes on there and they have a ton of really cute meditations for kids for mm-hmm. sleep. And mm-hmm. it she does so much better. She actually does a lot better with meditating than she does the melatonin because I feel like it's doing different things to her brain instead of just giving her, she, she can sleep. She just needs that off button push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's so helpful. It's such a great tool for us as adults, but gosh, can you think of how awesome of a kickstart we're giving our kids by just introducing that totally. option for them? Totally. Yeah. We should do, um, we should do an episode on that too, on, on even just like, mindfulness with kids because 
I mean, I have, we have several things that, you know, we do here and there and I'm not good at sticking with them too long, but, um, some of them we do, but like on gratitude and on that, on mindfulness and acknowledging emotions and recognizing emotions and all of that with kids is, it's like, (laughs) do you realize how, how helpful this will be later? Because I'm 30 and I still don't know what emotion I'm feeling when I feel it. It's like, I'm happy I don't either. Like everything goes to me. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, Jessa, what are you actually feeling? And if anybody re- like resonates with that, print out the emotion wheel, Google the emotion wheel right now and print it out and put it on your wall. Because like, I, we're like kids, my husband and I will, I'm like, well, what are you feeling? And he's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, get out the emotional. Just look at it. And he's like, just go get your emotion wheel. Go look at it. Because you start at like happy, sad, mad, right? And then you you go Mm -hmm. to the next layer out and then it it breaks it down more and then more. And then it's like, oh, hey, this is actually resentment or this is, you know, like disappointment or it, it breaks it down so you can like follow it and then you can recognize it. And then it's like, okay, this is what that feels like. So this isn't just anger because everything isn't anger or everything isn't sad, you know? Um, right. That's been one of the, okay. most help, the most helpful tools for me. And it's the emotion wheel? Yeah. I'm looking it up right now because I need that in my life because I am the same way because I either, I'm mostly just angry. <laughs> right? And I know that it's more than that. It's right. just, that's the, that's the only emotion that can come to my head at the moment because I'm not, I, I, I guess I'm not intelligent to like come up with, I'm feeling resentful right now or, because well, it's not, not that I'm not intelligent, but it's just, yeah. it's not something that I immediately think of. No, because your, your, your brain, your, your body, you're not conditioned to recognize those things. You're not taught that. And it's not something that is like naturally happening. But if we start learning that when we're young, you know, we can recognize it. I'm, I'm printing that out right now. And how I'm going to use this for my kids too, because as so far good. as trying to nail down what they're trying, I mean, they don't know. If I don't know, they don't know. Mm. No. And so there's that also, will be really cool to teach them. There's also a system called Generation Mindful. And I bought, I bought it. And I think they started for like classrooms, but just Google it. I'm not going to explain it all because I could go on this forever. It's so good. So, so good. So everyone, if you have kids, it, it, it basically, it replaces time out with time in. So if you're upset or you're mad or you're going through something, it creates this space in your home. There's like posters for the wall and it, it gives you tools to work through the emotion. Like what, what are you feeling? And then it has like animals and colors and it goes like the seven chakras are like the seven animals and the colors and um, it helps them identify it. Where did it come from? Why is it happening? And they have calm down tools. Like what are two things I can take a drink of water and I can, you know, take five deep breaths or I can color this picture. I can do this. And they're in their time in corner. And it's like a place of, of, you know, comfort and, and grounding and getting back to yourself. And then they come out instead of you're being punished for being upset or being angry or having feelings, you need to go to timeout. It's like, you know, you need to have a time in, like, let's figure it you out. You need to go within and kind of like what we talked about just now is like 
feeling that emotion and sitting with that emotion so that it passes. So it's not going to get stuck in your body because when that happens, you're, you know, almost 35 years old and you just got a bunch of problems <laughs> that you have to work through. Have you watched Heal on Netflix? Yes. I, I haven't watched it recently, but I watched it when it first came out. And oh my gosh, I thought they did such a great job on that. So good. Also, can I just do another plug for a Netflix show that I just watched and I was so obsessed with? Love on the Spectrum. I'm writing it down. Oh my gosh. Like, Colton and I put it on one night and it's like, I wanted to watch the whole, there's only, I think, like five episodes. But it's it's basically just these these people. I think they're in Australia, and they're all on the autism spectrum, and it's them because they, with autism, like you you don't recognize the social cues, and you know they process things differently. So it's like them it interviews these different people, and it is the most heartwarming. Oh my gosh! Just uh-huh. it's so good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, that's on our list. I, I've got. I think I took more notes from you talking than what I was, what I had for my part. No, I loved well, it. Thanks I for loved, sharing. Thank you for sharing. I love, I love the like, like the dual energies. You know, I love mm-hmm. hearing. I love hearing. Well, I know. think that they work really well together. Um, like I was mentioning to you before like we we've got two sides that we really want to put out here and this is us building a bridge to connect them because the things that we have I feel like we bring a lot to the table as far as well we have the potential to bring a lot to the table mm-hmm. for you guys so which also again, oh yeah go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna yeah, tell them go. I was just gonna say um if you have anything like if listeners if you have something, you know, that you want us to talk about or you're interested in or you're curious about or you, you know, you don't understand, um, we were going to, we're going to, we'll post in the show notes, um, you know, links. I'm, I'm, the website's getting close, so you can submit stuff there when it's up. But until then, um, we have Instagram. Facebook, the Chaos Alchemist on Facebook, um, the Chaos Alchemist.ashley or the Chaos Alchemy. The Chaos Alchemist.jessa on Instagram. Right? hmm Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Because we want to hear from you. If there's something that we can help facilitate, like let us that's what, that's what we're here for. Yeah. I was thinking too, maybe instead of just like a regular Facebook page, doing like a group page or listen, can add and then, you know, everybody can talk and everybody can kind of support each other. Um, instead of just like having like a, like a regular one, you know? Right. Well, we need to put together our tribe and be able to be able to connect all of our tribe members together. Right. That's exactly it. Yep. That's, that's the point is whether, whatever you're going through, you finding your tribe and finding your people is so, so important. And we, we are your people. You're our people. We're here for you. 
Yeah. If you're here, you are our people. If you've made it this long, you are our people. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, cool. Well, let's, uh, I mean, let us know if you want to hear anything. And, you know, if you have any feedback for the podcast, let us know. Do a review, right? Rate and review us. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, everybody. Much love. And stay true to you. Until next time, dear alchemists, much love. And stay true to you. Thanks so much for being here with us today. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review so we can reach more ears. Also, if you have any questions or a topic you'd like us to cover, you can find us and all of our info at thechaosalchemists.com.